Hello, everybody. This is Jeremy. This is Motorphiliacs TV, the podcast. That is Ron K. Welcome to 2023 in our first podcast of the season. Yeah, welcome, everybody. Hey, Jeremy. How's it going? It is going well, my friend. How are you? Uh, you know, surviving. Yes. Keeping busy. Life's been crazy, hectic, busy for both of us, as you know. And Yes. You know, we're a little bit into 2023, and it's been a little bit of a break, but we're back. <laughs> we are. We are back, and, and we're going we're gonna to have some fun tonight. We're going to... Uh, we're going to ease into this new year. It's not going to be too heavy. It's going to be fun. And uh, yeah, I think I think this is going to be a cool a cool episode. Yeah. So what we've decided to do is uh, we've each made a list of our top three overrated cars and top three underrated cars. And neither of us knows what the other guy's chosen. We're just going to kind of <laughs> introduce them to each other and discuss them and see what the other guy thinks and then, you know, maybe see what you guys think out there in podcast land. Indeed. Indeed. This is going to, this is going to be cool. Cause like you said, no, there's no planning. There's no collaboration. This is going to be like smack in your face. <laughs> Here's what I think. And lay it on me, brother. <laughs> yeah. So shall I uh, start us off? You may. What, what are we going to start with? Are we going to uh, go with underrated? Yeah, let's start with our, let's start with our overrated cars. Oh, we're going to go with overrated. Yeah, okay. let's start with the All overrated right. cars. Okay. Then we'll end with the good stuff. Okay. Uh, All right. So my number one overrated car, and this might be the same as yours. Actually, should we go number three? We should go three, two, one. Let's go three, two, one. Good plan. Good plan. Okay. okay. Number three. Number three. And, and this one I think will be controversial with you. Okay. The Porsche 911. I think it's overrated. <laughs> And I'll tell Ouch. You, yeah, yeah. And don't get me wrong. It's okay. a good car, but I okay. think it's overrated. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Okay. I think it's been a compromised design from the start. Okay. You know, having that engine hanging out the back, you know, traditionally for years and years and decades, it was a beast. It yes. would kill you. It's yes. hard to drive fast. You know, if you did the wrong thing, it'd have you in a tree. Lift, lift off overseer yeah. is yeah. evil. It is. And it's only with Porsche, you know, stubbornly sticking with it through decades and throwing tons of engineering resources at it yep. that they tamed it. Yes. And you know, it, it's been a very successful car. It was yes. a very good car in its way. Um, you know, it had its racing successes less so contemporarily, I'd say. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, that's fair. And you know, I'd kind of argue it's kind of lost what it was. It was a lightweight little compact sports car. And now yep. it's kind of turned into a bigger, heavier GT car. Correct. And, you know, through adding power and a lot of engineering, they've made it, you know, they've made it more civilized. And if you want a more brutal track focused experience, you got to pony up a lot of money. GT2s, GT3s, they're, they ain't cheap, man. No, no. Um, I mean, you know what happened when I went into the Porsche dealership last year looking at GT2s and GT3s and I just about had just like lightheadedness when I saw the price of these things, um, so the local dealer here, if I remember correctly, for a GT3 moderately well-equipped was a quarter of a million dollars, mm -hmm. and a GT2 was half a million bucks. Yep. Yep. Half a million dollars for an effing Volkswagen. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and don't exactly. get me wrong, people. If you know me, you know I am a Porsche guy. Like I absolutely love Porsches. I love the 911. Mm -hmm. I am a a torrid VW dude with a number of Beatles and I one day will own my very own 911. So the, the pedigree is there, even though, yeah, I'm on the cheap side. I've, you know, I, I'm a Porsche guy. It's the, it's been the unobtainium for me that I will obtain, but 
I do have to concede that what once was a lightweight, thoroughbred, brutally dangerous sports car <laughs> has now become a pretty bloated, overpriced confectionery item for mass consumption. And yeah. it's sad because that, that's not what 911s were supposed to be. Yeah. And the ridiculous thing is you want a lighter weight, more fo- uh, like performance focused 911. They sell take your, stuff out sell, of it sell and, they charge you more. and they charge you more. Yeah. Sell your house. Yeah. No, it's silly. And, and don't get me wrong. I think the 911 is a very good car. Uh, like yeah. I'm not dissing it as a car. I just think no, no, it's no, overrated. I get, I get you. No. And like I said, this, this hurts me to say these things, but it is, it is really tragic what it has become yeah. because it, it is deviated very far from what it was meant to be. Yeah. And you know, I love Porsches. I do. Uh, and, I do. And, you, you know, I've been to Ren Sport Reunion twice. I'm dragging you out to the I next know, one. I know. Kicking and screaming no matter no, what this you're is, coming. This is, we're, we're, we're both in a good place when it comes to that brand. And like you've, you had a 928. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm aspiring to be a Porsche owner one day, but um, no, it's all good. That, that is okay. That was number three. That, yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. Let's, uh, okay. Yeah, number three for you. What do you got on your list? Number three for me is the Ford Raptor. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I'm a Ford guy. Have been for certainly are my entire adult life. My very first car was a Ford. I have, I have always had a Ford in my driveway, no matter what, how many cars I've had, there's always been a Ford, sometimes many. Yeah. And you still do. (laughs) And I still do. So I've chosen the Ford Raptor as my third most overrated vehicle. And I'm going to tell you why. All right. Ford decided that they wanted to start to dip their toe in the marketing waters of the desert off-road community. And so they decided, we're going to take a F-150, we're going to put long travel suspension on it, and we're going to sell it as the Raptor. And at first I thought, hey, that's an excellent idea. However, here we are, what, three, three iterations later, and frankly, this is just Ford fleecing uninformed buyers by saying, Hey, here's this F one fifty that is a, you know, desert uh what do you want to call it? Desert influence, desert, you know, we're jumping on the desert bandwagon. Here's your F one fifty and we're gonna charge you a buttload of money. When in reality, just go buy a regular F one fifty, buy a long travel kit, have a local shop build it, and you'd save yourself like forty grand. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's terribly overrated. It's become it's become kind of a status symbol, um, and the guys buying them like, man, if you if you actually knew what you were buying, you could save yourself a ton of money, and you're just you're just being victimized by by Ford, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean it's not unusual. Like pretty much every manufacturer, you know, comes out with these tarted up cars that you know they charge a whole lot more for it. It's probably not quite worth what they're asking. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not an expert on F-150s and trucks, you know that. Um, you know, I've, I've never really been a giant Raptor guy, so I, I kind of <laughs> see where you're coming from. They're, I've always thought they were cool, but, you know, I, it's not something I ever wanted to own. The first, I, like, the first one was a great idea, the first generation. And what they were bringing people was like, hey, just walk in your Ford dealership, and I can go out into the desert that day, and I can, I can like, pre-run, I can have a ton of fun. And like right off the dealer floor, great idea. However, it it's just they've gotten far more expensive than they should be. They've created a 
you know, a niche following. And I, I just, I shake my head because it's like, do any of you guys know that you could save a considerable amount of money mm-hmm. and get an even better performing truck? Sure. If you just had a little bit of insider, I'm going to, you know, air quotations, you have mm-hmm. insider knowledge on off-roading and desert sports and all that stuff. So I kind of feel like they're just, they're kind of being victimized a little and, and uh, yeah, it, it just sucks. And, and so that's why I say it's overrated. Um, yeah. It's, it's almost a status symbol or lifestyle accessory. Now. It's a lifestyle accessory now. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, yeah. And that ties into my number two most overrated car, which, you know, I would also put in that lifestyle accessory category. Okay. Um, any Tesla. And, you know, as, as I've said to you, kudos to Tesla for establishing the electric car market. Yep. They showed it was viable. They were the first ones there. I respect that. But the build quality is terrible. They're yep. poorly built. They yep. have poor fit and finish. Yep. The materials aren't great. Like the steering wheels finish is wearing off in people's hands. Panel gaps are uneven. They're just not well-built cars. They're not. And they're pretty, they're pretty spartan and unexciting, like interior-wise, you know. Yeah, it's kind of maybe a minimalist thing that they're going for, but like it's not a <laughs> but cabin. Char- but it's a minimalist thing they charge you an arm and a leg yeah. for. Yeah, it's not a cabin I want to be in. It's you not. Know, that excites me. So, yeah, I think any Tesla, they're expensive, they're not built well, and they're kind of a lifestyle accessory. It's like people showing off, look at me, I'm in a Tesla, an electric car. I, I'll, I'll go a step further. It's a cult in my eyes. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's people buying cars because it's the hip thing to do. Yeah, I I think they're ridiculous and I I just wish people would be more sensible when they're purchasing their automobile. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for the electric car market. I think it's the future. Yep. Um just right now and yeah, availability is an issue, but it is. With so. my dollars, if I were buying an electric car, Tesla would not be what I'd be looking at. I'd be looking not at a Volkswagen, I'd be looking at Hyundai. Hyundai. You know, all the manufacturers are coming out with a raft of new electric cars. Yeah. You know, at the high end, like Model S, forget it. I'm going to do a Porsche Taycan. Or like, an Audi e-tron. Yeah. 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 100%. I mean, that Taycan electric, they've- It's gorgeous. They've got a wagon version, dude. It's, oh, no. No, <laughs> I, I know, man. I I win the lottery tomorrow, dude. Yeah. I'm buying you and I each <laughs> Taycans. Like, they are gorgeous. Like, I, I love that car. Well, yeah, electric wagon. Like, I mean, sign me up. Yeah. And, and Audi's supposedly coming out with one, so- you know, I'm looking forward to seeing that. 100%. 100%. 100%. All right. Well, that's um, okay. That's your number two. So uh, uh, so my number two is the Mercedes G-Wagon. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shall I jump the gun and say that's my number one? No. But yeah. Although you could. I'm going to agree with you on that. Because my number one is Tesla. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk so, G-Wagon. Because I, I agree with okay. you there. Okay, the G-Wagon, for all of you who didn't know this, started out as a military SUV. Yeah, in 1972. Correct. when it was designed. Correct. They've been used by NATO, uh, countries all over the world. Yeah, like I think Argentina used them. Yeah. Well, we we had them. We we had a version of the G-Wagon. Sorry, we have a version of the G-Wagon now. It's a military SUV. Mm -hmm. And yet yet, throw a leather interior in it, 20-some-odd-inch wheels paint it black, and all of a sudden it's the go-to street cred ride for every wannabe friggin' money dude and <laughs> yeah. Mr. Mr. Super Celebrity. Like, 
man, you thought Escalades were silly. That thing is asinine. Yeah. And I don't get it. I I don't get it at all. And there's nothing wrong with it if it was a $40,000 vehicle. But yeah, I mean, I think they start, and when I looked at the numbers, this is U.S. dollars. They start at 125000 U.S. Yep. Like, that's a lot of coin. Go buy an Escalade. Yeah. You get more truck. Yeah. yeah. And, and you want to get <laughs> into cheaper. an AMG G-Wagon? 350000 U.S. dollars. Retarded. Like, come on. Like you said, for a tarted up military truck, you know, yeah, they put a nice stereo and some leather, and you can get Whoopee. your, you know, your good entertainment system and all that in it now. But yeah, underneath it's still essentially the, the like same a 19, old a 1970s freaking Mercedes truck. Like, yeah. yeah. Not worth anywhere near the asking money no, for them. Not all. And in fact, like you said something there, give, give me a stripped down $35,000 G wagon mm-hmm. that I can use on the farm that I can go wheel in with help paint it all of green I'd be all over that. Yeah. But what they've done to it, I think is ridiculous. And I know I have a habit of irritating sub subsections of the automotive industry. <laughs> I know Subaru guys think I'm an idiot, <laughs> but I'm just going to put it out there. If you own a G wagon, you've made an error. Yeah. You've made a tragic error. Unless you've gone and bought an old military surplus one for cheap. Those guys get a pass. Yeah. Those guys get a pass. Yeah. But if I mean, Jesus, go buy a Land Rover for God's sake. Oh, so yeah. You don't want to spend that kind of money. You're still going to get the same kind of uninspiring, bland kind of design, but at least the thing will actually do stuff. Like yeah. it'll really work off road with some decent tires. Yeah. It will be comfortable. It will be fast. It will handle, you know, decently for what it is. Yeah. It, silly. Yeah. Utterly, utterly silly. Yeah. Like an AMG G Wagon, you know, is an old military truck. They've, put a massive engine in. Yeah. It's got like whatever, 600 horsepower or whatever they got in them, but it's not it's worth 350 stupid. grand. It looks retarded. Yeah. Go buy an Escalade, save your money. You actually get more truck. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So we finished our overrated list because because yeah, our top two have overlapped. They did. <laughs> they did. Yeah. My number one was Tesla. Your number one was the G wagon. Yeah. So let's roll into the most underrated. And this, this right. is going to get as spicy, I think. Cause right. I think, I think overrated is like I told you before we we're going into this, I fig- I figured we'd have the same number one. The fact that we have the one and two, it, Pretty close, it yeah. proves my point. This is going to be fun, though. Underrated okay. is going to be fun. All right, we'll go. Okay. My number three underrated car, the Nissan R35 Skyline. Or GTR, sorry. R35 That's GTR. That's funny, because I would think they're a little overrated, but... No, right, you no, go. No, no, this... What do you think? So, so when, this car, when this car came to market, I, I remember when the first... R35, when the first GTR came to market, Nissan dealerships were selling it for like 80,000 bucks. Tons of horsepower, all-wheel drive, great handling, pretty provocatively styled, but overall, I felt was a really compelling and interesting car. And largely, they kind of got panned. Guys were buying Corvettes instead, buying M3s instead. And it wasn't until I'd say the last five to six years where now people really actually get it and understand what it is and how good it is. And now, unfortunately, they're they're really kind of like overpriced and they're yeah. they're they're kind of now almost unobtainium in some regards. But with this pick, I kind of wanted to go with the the original and the spirit of 
an underrated car, and I, I felt this was a good a good pick for the three spot. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you for when it came out, but it the prices went up really quickly. Like within a couple of years, yeah. you know, they were $140,000, $150,000 cars. Yeah. So that's kind of why I find them a little overrated. I think for what you're getting, they're a little overpriced. Yeah, I, I think the, the smart money, because I have looked at them, if this is smart, like well kept, slightly used, you're in the 90 to 110, 115 area. Um, I've even seen a couple examples that were um, Nismo models that were like 100 and a quarter. So for what you're getting, I don't think that's terribly unreasonable if we keep everything in perspective because everything has gotten expensive. Yeah. So, you know, when you're talking about a car that could pretty much whoop damn near anything on the road with license plates other than hypercars, 125K is not a bad buy. I mean, you're spending half a million on a freaking 911, right? So I think it's not outrageous so no i i think it's a killer car um i would love to to drive one one day um maybe that'll happen but no i just i thought that's going to be a, a good pick for my three spot sure fair enough all right well my number three is it's kind of more of a category okay you know and i know where you're probably seeing where this is going <laughs> but um and it's kind of a little focused on north america but it's okay. it's, it's station wagons okay like you know <laughs> They've basically disappeared from the North American market unless you want to spend a bunch of money on a, a luxury, you know, Mercedes, yep. BMW, Audi, Volvo, yep. which aren't cheap. Yep. Um, wagons are totally underrated. And, you know, you 100%. know I feel this. All, all hail the wagons. All hail. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this North American market, I don't know why there's this SUV crossover obsession. You know, people seem to think they're safer. You know, you're riding higher. You can see the road better. But the reality is that they're heavier, they're less fuel efficient, they don't handle as well, they don't brake as well, they don't stop as well. Um, So in a wagon, you're going to get better stability, better handling, a better drive, better comfort, um, as much cargo space, if not more. You know, I've gotten into the, you know, finally got my Golf Sport Wagon. Yes. It's got more cargo space than the Tiguan I got out of. I believe that. Yeah. I believe that. Quite a bit. So... You know, it's a more practical vehicle than the Tiguan I was driving. No, I so, mean, we, you know, North American car culture basically armed millions of soccer moms with tactical nukes called SUVs. <laughs> and it's utterly retarded. Being a, being a truck guy, the whole idea of an SUV for me was a, you know, suburban expedition, like a, like a proper truck on a truck chassis that I could go do work with. But I could also throw all my gear in the back and it's safe, secure, locked, weatherproofed. And and unfortunately, it morphed into this, you know, soccer mom must have, you know, got to got to take my kid to school and my freaking, you know, huge ass SUV. And, it, and, it, mm-hmm. and it's and it's unfortunately it is decimated, like literally decimated the automobile here in North America. Yeah. Dealers don't sell cars anymore. No. They're gone. Yeah, for the most part. Like finding a sedan is hard. Impossible. You know, even like these small crossovers versus hatchbacks. Like give me a hatchback any day. Yep. Well, yeah. No, I'm. So, you know, we just, you go overseas and they've got, you know, entry level wagons all over the place. Volkswagen Golfs, Mazda 6s, you know, Ford Focus wagons. Yep. You know, in, in, geez, in Europe, you can get a Golf R wagon, you can get a Focus RS wagon or ST wagon rather. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we just, 
we don't get them here and we should. We should. No, we should. I mean, I, I, I love wagons. I love new wagons. I love old wagons. I mean, I go to hot mm-hmm. rod shows and I geek out on 60s muscle car era wagons and 70s mm-hmm. wagons. Like, no, I'm, you're preaching to the choir. Yep. So that's my number three. So cool. Let's get into number two. So number two, and I, I just railed against SUVs, but I'm, I don't know if I even, I don't know if I consider these SUVs or if they're just big cars, but, um, cause I, cause I do think there is a portion of the automotive, you know, community of automotive buyers that, that do need vehicles that are bigger than a car, do things a car can't do, carry cargo. And so I'm not totally against SUVs in the right hands, but I think there's a lot of people driving SUVs that could just get by with a car. So in the number two spot, I have chosen as most underrated from Jeep, the Trailhawk line of SUVs, Cherokee, Grand Cherokee, Renegade and Compass. Okay. I'm coming at this as a Jeep guy. (laughs) Um, I have an old ZJ. And I'm building that Jeep, and I love it. It's rad. But my Cherokee Trailhawk has been utterly amazing. I can wheel it. I can go dang near anywhere a stock Wrangler can go. I've done a 5,000-mile trip, you know, went to Moab and, you know, Idaho, Utah, Montana. Did it in comfort with great fuel efficiency, and I could still wheel it when I got where I was going. And now that our organization has been created. I see guys with renegades and compasses wheeling the snot out of them, having a ton of fun. And I just think that especially amongst the off-road community, they look down, people look down their their nose at these vehicles. And I think they're really, really underrated. I I think um, half the guys that go buy Subarus should just buy a Trailhawk because it'll do more and do it better. Um, so that was my pick for the number two. It's a, it's a line of models. Sure. So you think like, you know, instead of say a Wrangler or a regular Jeep, hundred percent, these these other models are hundred percent, hundred percent. I think there's people driving Wranglers right now that could actually be comfortable and have room and still get out to the outdoors and have a ton of fun if they bought one of these Trailhawk models rather than just going and buying a Wrangler and, and. Yeah, because you know. they're pretty basic and uncomfortable and, you know, harsh. They're terrible. Not good road cars. They're terrible. <laughs> and, you know, and in a way, this, I guess this will tie in. I didn't put it as one of my overrated cars, but that, um, you know, what is it? The the station wagon, or not the station wagon, the pickup, the Gladiator. Oh, the Gladiator. That to me is, I don't get that. Like, they're stupidly overpriced for what they are. <laughs> it's a Jeep with a bed. It's it pretty is. basic. It is. And they want stupid money for it. It is. I, I mean... I, so yeah, and I know you like them. I know I do. Being a Jeep fan, I mean, I wanted to get something older that I could go beat the snot out of. And I was looking at older Wranglers, but they're, you know, again, they're, they're, some of them are pricey and the ones that aren't have been just beat on. And so I started looking into the history of Jeep's SUVs and looking at XJs and ZJs from the nineties. And Man, you get all the great Wrangler stuff like straight axles and four-wheel drive and, you know, capability. But you also get, like, room for four adults to sit with all their gear in the back. Like, I'm not saying I don't want a Wrangler. Actually, I want an old Jeep, like a flat-fendered Willys. Like, that. that, I want to go basic, basic, right? 
But no, I, I bought my ZJ and I'm not at all unhappy with it. Every time I drive it, I enjoy it. And this summer, you know, we're going to do some work on it and, mm. uh, you know, for Instagram and that and, and for our YouTube channel eventually. And we're going to go wheel the snot out of it with a bunch of guys who have super built ZJs. They're killer. They're awesome. And we're going to go to the trail and back way more comfortable than guys in Wranglers. And yeah, yeah uh, I, I, I do think Jeep's SUV line is massively underrated. Cool. All right. Well, my number two, and uh, you may have seen this one coming and, you know, we've, we've driven these okay. and enjoyed them. The Cadillac CTS and ATS. Yes. You know, I think German cars... And don't get me wrong, I've loved German cars. I've owned all the German cars. I still drive a German car. Is it wrong that we have to clarify yeah. that we love stuff even though? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but, no, I feel you. But um, they're not what they used to be. You know, no. BMW, Mercedes, Audi, they're expensive. And they're not that head and shoulders above what uh, cars, you know, the American cars used to be. No. You know, it used no. to be you could buy a Mercedes and it was built like a tank. Correct. You know, any Mercedes before 1994, I'd buy in a heartbeat. Correct. They were so overbuilt and over-engineered and, and easy to work on and, you know, do 500,000 miles easily in them. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the German cars now are just expensive and more fragile. And they're nice. Agreed. Agreed. And I like them, but they're not what they used to be. And Cadillac has really brought it to them. 100%. Like, the ATS was a really nice car compared to a BMW 3 Series you know, unless you're getting into, and I haven't driven an ATS V or whatever the performance version is, you know, so unless you're looking at like an M3 or something like an ATS versus, a, you know, a basic three, three, three series, three series, um, you know, the ATS gives you more for the money Hands and it down. was nice to drive. Yep. Reasonably well styled, comfortable. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, I didn't really like the infotainment system, you know, from a couple of years ago, some of the, the touch sensitive buttons I didn't like, yep. you know, I'd give them that as a criticism, but the cars drove well. They were nice. Um, that CTS, the new, newer CTS. Yep. Holy cow. I love that thing. That thing was, that was amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, 330 horsepower, six cylinder in it, you know, the, the magnetic suspension, like yep. that thing handled well, it drove yep. well, it was fast. Well, and then it was comfortable. The CTS. Do you remember what I said to you when we got the CTS V? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't need a Corvette. Yeah. I want one of these. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, was like the first gen. Sick. That was a first gen CTSV. It was yeah. just sick. Yeah. And I don't like the styling of that first gen CTS. Like that CTSV, if I don't have to look at it, I enjoyed driving it. <laughs> I just don't want to look at it. I didn't, I didn't think it was a good looking car, but <laughs> it drove beautifully and it was fast. Yeah. Yep. Fast as anything. No, I, you know, as somebody who is a budding, you know, I'm, I'm building a car collection. I, I find myself more and more and more when I, when I, when I create my whiteboard list of stuff I want to buy, like it's all older stuff. I'm not, I'm not intrigued with going and buying the newest of the new of much of anything, you know, cause I think a lot of stuff has kind of lost the, the, the spirit and the charisma, but the Cadillac line over the last decade, decade and a bit, those sedans and coupes are Mm-hmm. Epic. Yeah, they're, they're great. They're improved. so good. They're so good. Yeah. So good. So hopefully, you know, if, if they get into F1 with Andretti, you know, they'll get a little more exposure. Yeah. You know, they're, they're going sports car racing with the prototype. They so. have. They have. Um, although, and I, I haven't checked in the last year, but I think they, did they not scrub a lot of that line? Like, there's, I think there's only 
a couple sedans available now. Yeah. I mean, they're, they got their SUVs as well. Yeah. But. So, well, what that means is for guys like you and me, um, guys that love cars, guys that want to build a car collection, go and buy old ones. You know, yeah. go go buy stuff that's well, 10, 12 years old. And let somebody else has already had depreciation. You now can go and yeah. have the fun and drive the snot well, out of it. And Yeah, and I was going to say, you know, I don't really want to buy one personally, but if, if you want a wagon, the CTS-V wagon with a manual transmission. Killer. Killer. Like, come on, man, 550 horsepower in a wagon with a stick shift. Killer. Yeah, I respect that. No, 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 I, I, styling doesn't do it for me, but damn. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. I've, I, on my list of cars to get, I have a CTSV on there. Like I, Mm. I would like one in my collection. So yeah, no, hundred percent. I'm with you. Um, all right. So now I guess that's going to be number one, your number one, most underrated vehicle. And this is going to be so predictable. You're going to go, I knew you'd say (laughs) that my number one underrated car is the Ford Focus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I have owned numerous. I have driven many. Yeah. yeah, I've driven a few. And to me, that car has unequivocally been the best hatchback I have ever had in my life of all the ones I've owned, all the stuff that I've driven. I love that car. It killed me when Ford killed it. The ST and RS are... Mm-hmm. Mindgasmingly awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, I when I was thinking most underrated, that car it just it 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 was like very clear to me to choose that because in a world where everybody's like Honda Civic this and Honda Civic that and Volkswagen Golf this and Volkswagen Golf that, that excellent car that started mm-hmm. out as a very humble little hatchback. Yeah. I mean, it catapulted Ford through two decades motorsport success that's really hard hard to have said any other north american auto manufacturer can rival the success that the focus has had in motorsport and rally um you know in the uk it was a benchmark car for Mm -hmm. ford and you know we got the best of it in its swan song with the st and the rs um i'm i'm terribly sad it's gone um, our rally car is a focus. Yeah. Um, I I will buy more of them because I love them, and so this was a very passionate choice for me. But it yeah. is the Ford Focus. Yeah, and and you know, to be fair, it's gone from North America. It lives on in Europe and overseas. It does. You know, I wish we would get them here. I would agree with you. It was an under underrated car here, but I think that ties into this insane North American market where everybody wants crossovers and SUVs. But yeah, I mean, I would have bought a Ford Focus ST if it had cargo space. It was just too small for me. I wanted one so badly. For the money, I loved that car. You know, I got to drive one for three weeks. I took it on a road trip down to Oregon and back. I loved it. I absolutely loved that car. It was so fun to drive. Lots of power, fantastic handling, reasonable price for what you were getting. Yep. Like, yeah, if, if, it had a little more cargo space. I would have bought one. I agree. I, I or sorry. I should say I agree. I know. I yeah. know because we talked about it a ton. Yeah. Um, and I wish I could have driven the RS. You know, we got out of doing our car reviews just before that. Just came before out. that landed. Yeah. I mean, epic, epic car. Yeah. Epic, epic car. Um, so no, that was uh, for me when it came to most underrated. That was the one that just jumped out uh, on the page, and I was like, yeah, that's that's going to be my choice. All right. Well, I agree. 
All right. Well, my number one most underrated car, again, is it's a little bit of a category rather okay. than a specific car. It's the transaxle Porsches, 944, nice. 928, 924 to a certain extent, which nice. got, you know, wasn't great when they first came out with it, but it improved over the years. Yep. Um, you know, and this ties into the 911 being overrated, you know, Porsche put all their effort into the 911. They purposely hamstrung their other cars. You know, they yes. hamstrung the Boxsters and the Caymans. Yes. They hamstrung the 944 and 928s. Um, and they were fantastic cars. You know, the 928 was supposed to be a replacement for the 911. Right. And, you know, I owned one. Yep. You know, yeah, it was big. It was heavy, but it handled so beautifully. It was so predictable. Yep. Stable. I mean, I drove that thing down to California and back and I was going through the mountains in Grants Pass and being pretty liberal with the speed limit. <laughs> and, you know, I was going really fast on these windy mountain roads and it was just planted yep. and stable. Yep. Uh, you know, they're beautiful cars. They're well-balanced. They drive really nicely. You know, the 928, you could cross a continent. Mm -hmm. You know, I drove 17 and a half hours straight from San Francisco to Vancouver. You know, I made a few stops. Sure. But I did it in, you know, one go in 17 hours. Yeah. And the car was comfortable and easy to drive. And let's, and so now, you know, with that, let's, let's talk, you know, Cayman, let, mm -hmm. you know, um, every person that you and I have talked to that owns a Cayman has said they love it yep. and they do not at all regret their purchase. Last year at Pike's peak, uh, there was a number of Caymans that went up the mountain and they did very, very well. Um, Porsche has this diamond, concept in the rough in their hands mm -hmm. and they could extract so much more from it, but they're just so behind pushing overpriced 911s that they've squandered what could have been yeah. a far more epic lineup over the, the last four or five decades. Yeah. I I'm, I'm dude, I'm picking up what you were yeah. throwing down. Man. Yeah. I they've agree. made, they've made the 911 their halo car and yep. you know, that means that, they purposely hamstring their other platforms, yep. you know, to keep that 911 as the top performer. And there's so much more potential. Yeah, like you said, the Boxster and Cayman, um, so much more potential in those chassis. Huge. And the same with the, the transaxle Porsches because mm -hmm. they were so well balanced with the weight. Yep. You know, there was so much potential in those. You know, I kept I kept dreaming that when the Panamera came out that they would do a, a coupe, a two-door. Yes. You know, yes. it's been rumored for Ever since it came out, it's been rumored and they haven't done it. Yeah. And I really wish they would. They could compete with Aston Martins and AMG GTs and, you know, Jags yeah. and all those, those yeah. front engine coupes yeah. with a fantastic car. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Well, that well picked, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. And yeah, if you've man. never driven a 944 or 928, I recommend it. They're, they're just fantastic cars to drive. Well, we've been we've been looking for nine forty fours. We've been looking for nine twenty eights. We haven't quite found something we want to pull the trigger on, but well, but yeah. we are looking. Yeah, We're my unicorn looking. is still out of my budget. You know, I want a last yes. generation nine twenty eight GTS, GTS with a manual gearbox. Yes, and, you know they're all selling for north of a hundred thousand. So that's really not in my budget at this point. No, and I and I I mean we've we passed up a few nine forty fours because I really want a turbo nine forty four, but. And those are still pricey. They are. But you know what? Dude, I think what we got to do, you know, this is 2023. We're not getting any younger. I think what we got to do is we got to we gotta start pulling the trigger on deals. It, it mm. may not be that turbo 944, but we're, we're get, we add a 944 to the fleet. Yeah. 
it may not be an RS focus. It might be an ST, but we add it to the fleet. Yeah. You know, I, I was looking at, um, I was looking at the original uh, SVT focuses. Mm-hmm. They're super affordable yep. and they are popping up mm-hmm. and it's like, dude, we need to grab one. Yeah. Um, I've seen some 928s. I know it's not the GTS you, yeah. you desire, but do we should add a G, uh, 928 to the fleet? Like, yeah, I, I think in the next couple of years, we should pull the trigger on some stuff that in the past we've kind of walked past it and said no. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately with the affordable 928s, they're kind of needing a lot of work. They've been neglected. And that's kind of the problem with some of these cars. You know, 944s, 928s, people have gotten into them for cheap and yeah. they don't keep up the maintenance. They neglect them. And then they turn into like a real money pit. I I would say I'm not totally opposed to that because we're going to like, we're going to track day them. We're going to weekend cruise them. Like we're not going to daily drive them. Mm. So we can, I, I think, that, I know it sounds silly, but I think we could just take a bit of that hit so that we could have it in the fleet and, yep. and, and, and go wring its neck on a weekend. So yeah, um, something to think about. Yeah, man. So, well that, that was awesome fun, dude. I, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed that. I liked how we didn't collaborate because sometimes when we come up with topics, we collaborate and we chat about it. Yeah, this was yeah. like, no, no dude, just, just show up, bring a list. We're going to throw down and have some fun. And that was awesome. Yep. And I think, you know, we were pretty much on the same page on a lot of the stuff. So that's cool. (laughs) People who know us are going to be like, yeah, that that was very predictable fellas. Yep. Awesome. Well, thanks Jeremy. And thanks everybody. Uh, This was great. And join us next time. Thank you, sir.